What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Guarani Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to the Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me are my three great co-hosts, Federico Perez, Maria Britos, and Ralph Hanna. And guys, it's finally here. It's World Cup week. Obviously, it's very much an exciting time for 32 nations who are going to be participating at this World Cup, but it's the World Cup, so the entire world will be focusing on it. Obviously, Paraguay are not in it, but that doesn't mean the interest is still not there. But obviously, we'll not be talking about World Cups. We're not talking about any previews or anything like that. Here, we talk about what's going on in Paraguay as we saw a thrilling ending to the Clausura race as we have a new champion, a, a champion uh, rightly deserved, I would say, and we'll get into that real quick. We obviously have some teams that will be playing in the Copa Libertadores and the Sudamericana uh, next year round. We had some definitions from there. Teams have also been relegated. A shocking one, actually, that went down for the first time in quite some time. We'll talk about who in just a second. And of course, the last two games for Paraguay in 2022 uh, from the national team will be taking on Peru on Wednesday, and then they'll take on Colombia on Saturday in Miami. So we'll definitely be discussing that. But let's go straight to, you know, what's been kind of the, the scene in Paraguay at the minute, because we saw not just a, a, a cool definition of the of the Clausua race, a thrilling ending to the race, but we also saw some musicians make their way to, to Paraguay, some big names. I saw the likes of um, Arctic Monkeys, Bad Bunny, Liam Gallagher, actually, who did not make it and can perform because of a rainstorm. Shock, I know. But uh, Paraguay's been kind of the center of, of attention for, for the music scene, not just in, in football perspectives, uh, Feather. So it's been kind of a chaotic last, I'd say, five days in Paraguay so far. Yeah, out of those three that you mentioned, those three artists, I had tickets for just two of those, not, not for one. I'm not going to mention, Just I'm not going to get into music stuff here. Uh, football season is over, Roberto. As for Paraguay, yes, the clausura came to an end. And just as you predicted it, just as you said it, I think from week one, it was going to be a tight race. It was going to come down to that last game. And it was really that that way, you know, vacation time for the players. Some of them already flying out of the country. Some trying to uh, see the World Cup probably at home with their family members. While it's it's party time for some for some teams, it's sour. It's sad time for other teams that are uh, on their way to the intermedia to the second division. That also happened on this last week on this last games, uh, especially with with South America. Their situation, Ameliano uh, having uh, their stuff. It was a miracle, really, what happened with this team. We definitely had to talk about them. Also, the Clausura is is totally over and you know congrats to Olympia fans uh, really just the way they did it the, the, the way this team came up together they got another championship just like they did last year they're ending the year with a championship the last year around it was Copa Paraguay this time it's a bigger tournament I believe with with uh you know with a feeling just just full of joy and just the way it happened just coming back around and taking it away from Nacional that really had to lead most of the time and Olympia did it the right way. The La Academia did not pass their last exams. We could say it that way, maybe, uh, in Copa Paraguay. And, and also what happened with them in these last games, just melting down and not having the opportunity to go up against Olympia in Defensores and Chaco in that packed stadium full of Olympia fans and just waiting for for the Olympic Carnival, for Olympia to get at least a tie, which was what they got. At least it was a really nice game. It was a fun game. I'm really happy to, to have to have been there. But it is going to be a thrilling week for you guys also because the national team is going to play in the U.S. again. That, that doesn't usually happen a lot. In the same year, you have the team there twice. 
And uh, hey, this is, team is looking a lot better. Also, these last uh, games, these last friendlies. So we definitely got to talk about Julio Ciso, Miggy Almiron coming together for this team, and just you know my, our overall thoughts of what could happen with this team. We got to wrap up the clausura. We got to look back, recap a little bit about what what happened in this 2022, Roberto. We have so much to talk about. I can't believe everything that happened in these last uh, I don't know 10 days that we haven't talked, but. Uh, yeah, the year is over and everybody's happy here that Olympia is the champion, especially me, because, yeah, I hit my predictions. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, like, like I said in that tweet before, now I kind of want the winning lottery numbers. In the introduction. I, I thought you were going to mention that. <laughs> no, I, I was able to say I, I wanted you to have the fame. You can go and boss up yourself and be able to. To flourish on that part but obviously one you, happy you, face you. out of everyone here is obviously maria because certainly i think you know for olympia you know they definitely needed that title i think you know like they had said they had gone through so much and and again rightly deserved as champions you know i think it's it's a testament to what julio cesar Casades is doing to the side and now we have to see how they be able to build up for next year. So definitely, congrats to to Maria over here. Give her the 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 uh, the space to talk about what I think has been a a good season for Olympia so far. Hey, definitely, it's been a crazy season. Um, hey guys, uh, how are how are you all? And uh, congrats to all the Olympistas. Um, Finally, I think after a couple of rough years, um, a lot of suffering for for the Olympistas and for the club, you know, they finally were able to um, to 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 get this win, this very well deserved win. Um, they 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 had a lot of uh, ups and downs, and I think that you know the hard work has finally put uh, put through, and and now they're you know celebrating, and I think that they all deserve it. Um, as well as um, the fans. So I'm very happy for, for the team, very uh, excited for what's to come, uh, you know, in the next few, uh, in the next few uh, seasons. So, you know, I just, I just hope that they continue to, uh, to evolve because it was definitely a transformation in the club. And I think that's, you can see that, you know, in, in, in with this results. So we'll talk a little bit more about what actually happened and, uh, you know, just to congratulate everyone um, uh, and, and congrats too to, you know, the, all the other teams. Uh, there was a, it was a very good season, a very good clausura. I think this, this, this time around, um, a lot of competition, a lot of drama as always, but overall I, it was a good ending. And, and I think I, I couldn't be more happy for and proud of, of this team. Absolutely. I think, you know, getting another title in another year, um, especially in the way that they performed is definitely well deserved. Of course, going into a a Paraguay national team side, obviously, both of you guys are in Miami. Go to Ralph on this one, because now obviously the attention does go on to the national team. You know, obviously, we do have some players that thankfully will be able to to attend and see in person. I'll be heading to Miami in about a couple of days, seeing both you guys. And seeing this Paraguay national team who, like you said, I think are, like Feather said, I think are going through a, a a decent moment. And I think would definitely want to close out the year in a in a good way, especially playing in front of, of their fans and in, in obviously in kind of foreign territory, you would say. They're playing in Lima, but they're also playing in, in Miami, which has a, a huge Colombian community over there. So certainly if they're able to get some results um, for them before the end of the year, I think it really helps them you know, go forward heading into 2023. Yeah, that's right. I mean, 
Firstly, we're glad that everybody can travel to the game because we were 15 minutes away from something called a finalissima, where Cerro and Olimpia would have had to play an extra match and they wouldn't have time to play it other than the same day as Peru against Paraguay. So I think we're happy that didn't happen in some respects. So the players that were called up locally from Olympia and Cerro can, can be at that game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. I think uh, Almiron's on his best club form since he joined Newcastle. So we want to see him finally maybe transfer that over to the national team. And then you have Julio and Ciso got probably the most minutes I think he got because he came on very early for, for Brighton as a sub. He then gets subbed off in the second half, but he got like a good 70 minutes. He doesn't seem very pleased about his game, work to, working out for, between the lines on his Instagram um, because he didn't have as much of an impact as he did say against Chelsea and, and that kind of thing. But still, I think these are two of the, the best players we have that are actually in their best moments since, they, since they've been in England. So I think it'll be really exciting to see, to see those two because much of the team is really going to be around Almiron and and then see, so as, as much as people like Delis Gonzalez is playing well or Lorenzo Melgarejo is playing well in Paraguay, it's a different level to what these guys are doing in Europe. So looking forward to it. And, and for me, it's actually would be the first time I get to see Julio and Ciso because when I went to Paraguay, he got that injury with Libertad. He, he got an injury towards the end of his time at Libertad. So he wasn't, he wasn't playing in any of the games that, that I went to. So looking forward to it. Yeah, and I think... Like you say, a great way to finish off the year for, for Paraguay and get some kind of get some momentum going into, into next year and the, and the next set of friendlies and this this process that, that we're in at the moment. Absolutely. We'll definitely have to wait and see. We'll discuss that in a bit, but let's go into what we saw this weekend with the Clausura title coming to an end. As we had mentioned, Olympia are the champions of Paraguay once again, their 46th title overall in, in the uh, the first division of Paraguay, you know, certainly doing it in a way that, you know, I think was definitely expected. Like Fede said, you know, obviously got to give him his flowers for making the right prediction. But we saw on the day that Olympia took on Nacional, the two teams that, as we had mentioned over the last few months, I would say, been really the ones that fought it out. But of course, we saw Nacional stumble, meaning that Cedro Bordeño came in with an opportunity to possibly ruin the party for Olympia. What had happened beforehand? I'll give some a little bit of facts of what could have been. Olympia would have won the title regardless of a loss, uh, sorry, regardless of a win or a draw. But if they had lost against Nacional and Cedro would have won, then like Fede, sorry, like Ralph had mentioned, it would have gone to a, a playoff, a finalissima, basically, because in Paraguay, there is no goal difference to decide a title. And so because of that, they would have been leveled on points and would have played that game between each other to decide the champion. That didn't happen. Cedro Porteño obviously got their job done in what could be GTR's last game as as Cedro manager, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But they defeated Guairenia 3-1 in Encarnacion. All the signs were going to a possible finalismo when Nacional took the lead uh, inside the first half. Actually got some goals disallowed as well, uh, taken away by VAR. But of course, right into the second half, just a few minutes before time, we saw Brian Montenegro score the equalizer. And that was enough for them to win the title with 49 points, one point ahead of Cerro Borteño. Uh, four points ahead of Nacional and everyone else right before that. So going into Olympia's title real quick, Fede, you were obviously at the game. You saw the the celebrations from Olympia fans. I think certainly 
this has been, I guess, an Olympia site has been going on an upwards trajectory because we know that we saw the results right after the Super Classico where they won at La Nueva Hoya in the way that they did it. It almost felt like destiny in a way. Yes, you could have saw some drama. You did see them kind of sputter out a little bit, especially when they've had those goals uh, disallowed. And obviously when National did score, but they always found a way. That was always something that I've always credited Olympia during this entire season, that even when push came to shove and it, things made difficult, they always found a way to grind results and to get results that were necessary. And they did that as we saw at the Defensores del Chaco on Saturday. And I think Olympia fans felt the same way, Roberto. That's why just a couple of days before the game, you know, it was, everybody knew it was going to be a packed stadium. Uh, Olympia fans were getting ready for a party. They were getting ready for the championship. Just because of the way that the team was uh, feeling uh, lately, you know, it was playing really well. It wasn't having much problems scoring. But yeah, everything changed in those first minutes. The party kind of switched around because uh, Nacional scored first because Nacional was playing really well in that first half. Just when you thought you were going to have a Nacional that was going to be kind of relaxed, maybe even down a bit after what happened to them in these last games. Uh, not at all. I mean, I saw a motivated team and uh, I saw a Nacional that was committed to to try and stop Olympia's party. And they really did a great job in that first half. I think they even deserved maybe uh, one more goal out of those first 45 minutes. Olympia probably just had one chance that Mateo Gamarra ahead her. And not much more than that. Olympia was not feeling comfortable at all with those long balls to Derlis Gonzalez going up against probably the best defense that we saw in this clausura with Miguel Jaquet and, and Guerreño back there with in Nacional. They, 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 they did a tremendous job in defense uh, this whole season. And Olympia was not having it easy. And when you have the pressure in the stands, when you know it's up to you, uh, it was not pretty. It was not looking good for Olympia. And uh, Cerro was doing their job in Encarnacion. Meanwhile, they got the score uh, up real early. So they, they had the pressure on them. And that's where you saw Julio Casas' uh, job. That's where you saw him work. Uh, he came into action in the second half, uh, putting in uh, players that, that made the difference. Richard Ortiz, Brian Montenegro, and Walter Gonzalez. Those were very important players in, in those last minutes, I believe. And they were pretty much uh, the game changer right there. And Olympia really needed that, you know, in a year where Olympia didn't have that many subs, that, that much to make a difference. Uh, it props to the coach, props to, to the manager and to have these players ready for these kind of spotlights, for these kind of moments. And, and they made it happen again, just like they've done in so many big uh, games this, this whole year, right? I mean, we said it once and one over the other. I mean, the Super Classicals, the games in Libertadores that made them to the group stage. They had so many big games, so many big moments this year. And it was just growing and growing for these players. Mateo Gamarra, Marcos Gomez, players that, that, that come from the youth leagues, players that just grew so much that ended up winning their spot in the team. So uh, Olympia has so much to be proud of, I, I believe, uh, after this season, not just championship, but just in, in the overall view of it, uh, everything that, that this team evolved, just uh, so many players that even came into, into this season. Let's, we got to remind everybody that in a, mo in a certain point of, of the season, Olympia was pretty much out of it, uh, 10 points behind. Uh, Olympia fans were not by this team's side. Some were even saying, hey, is Julio Cáceres the right man for this job? And look look how they ended up putting it up, right? I mean, with a tremendous streak and, and really earning it. I mean, just like I said, I, I believe in the last episode, uh, Olympia was the only one that was playing 
like a championship team. And I pretty, and I think they ended up playing that way also, solving probably the, uh, the hardest game they had in, in these last games that they had to face. I don't know what you guys think. Ralph, Maria, anybody want to go? I see Maria all happy. She's got her smile. Her ear She's the champion. She has every right to, to speak yeah, out I mean, out of everyone else. She's feeling well, good in this episode. She's feeling good. I'll, I'll let Maria go because she's she's bursting to tell us about how good Olympia are. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely feeling happy today. I woke up with a smile on my face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I agree uh, uh, with Fede. And, and I think that, uh, you know, they started off this year with with no not much luck. Um, I think a lot of people weren't betting for them either. Um, and, you know, they turned that around and, and they really put what what they what they what they couldn't do this past few years they put it into this year and and they said you know let's 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 show them what we can do let's let's desert let's let's win this because we deserve it and and i think um that's 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 you know the the part of about football that 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 you you end up loving so much you know like you want the the um, the story the the happy ending and and i think Um, th this is what happened here, you know, as there's so much suffering, like I mentioned earlier, they finally came back and, and they, and they, you know, they, they did what they were, that they said they were going to do, you know, our, our new coach, um, he turned this around for us, um, you know, and it's, and it wasn't just facetious, it was all the players too, you know, they, they put everything that they, that they had, um, after this past few, uh, years, you know, um, And I think that the fans too, um, they finally saw uh, faith uh, in, in this team. Um, you know, they've suffered a lot. And, and I think that uh, they, they still had that faith in them and showed up to these games, you know, just being at the game. Uh, I can't imagine what that felt like for the being there and, 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 and feeling that championship, uh, championship win. Um, it, it must have been glorious. <laughs> So, I, you know, hopefully one day I get to experience that um, going into 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 Paraguay. Um, but but, you know, I think it's I think it's about time for for them. I just hope that they continue the streak um, winning next, maybe the Apertura. Uh, who knows? Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hope uh, from now on. And I think that's what that's what counts. You know, when when you have hope, when everyone's on the same page, the coaches, the players, Uh, even you know the 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 back um, the front office staff everyone has to be on the same page and work together um, I mean now also they're going to be happy they're going they they got uh, three point something million uh, out of this out of this game out of this um, sorry uh, this winning so I think uh, the players the coach is going to be very happy with that and and that, that also helps with the performance Yeah, it's a huge game financially because of those problems they have that they can't sign players. And this ensures they qualify direct to the group stages of the Libertadores. So they're guaranteed much more money, like Maria says. I mean, we talked a lot about the fans, but it's interesting, right? The pressure of the fans meant that this game had to be played at Defensores del Chaco because it's the biggest stadium. They knew they were going to sell out. But Olympia's record in Parauno had been brilliant. They, they won eight, drew two. So suddenly when they went one nil down in front of all their fans in the Defensores, you thought, hold on a minute, have they, have they lost the sporting advantage by taking the game away? And also Olympia 
had been scoring very early in, in all these games. This this really good run, they, they won nine in a row before this draw. They've been scoring, like, I think within 30 minutes, generally. But one thing we knew with Olympia was, while it was still 1-0, and by the way, Nacional had a goal disallowed, which was through VAR. It's maybe and a red card. Huh? Never a goal? <laughs> and, a, and a red card. So they were playing with 10, 10 guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there's the red card late on for, for Nacional as well. And really, Olympia could have been down to 10 men with Sao Salcedo that escapes one. But but with the game still at 1-0, you always felt Olympia would score. And why do you feel that? Because they've scored in 31 games in a row. And that has been, I think, Julio Cesar Cáceres' biggest thing because they, they conceded more goals in Cerro. They conceded more goals in Nacional. They actually... I think they only kept like one clean sheet during this winning run, which was the Sol de America game, the 2-0. All the other games are winning like 6-1, but one, right? 4-1, all that kind of thing. They kept conceding goals, but they were scoring so many. And in the end, they outscored Cerro and uh, Nacional and even Libertad. They outscored them by, by a lot. And so you kind of felt that there was always a chance a goal would come, a goal would come. And in the end, this Montenegro, who, who started lots of games, but recently has been dropped for Paiva, he's on he's, his Walter Gonzalez, who a lot of people kind of were disappointed with earlier in the season because he wasn't... Walter Gonzalez is a very traditional number nine. He's not very mobile, so he doesn't look very good. If he's not scoring goals, he doesn't look a very good player. But here, he plays a great pass. This, he does the one-two with Montenegro. It sets him up and, and they get the title. And, and I think, I mean, it's really credit to the, the key game for me, I think, was the Super Classico. I think once they won that Super Classico with Ortiz coming off the bench, it gave them like this momentum that was became unstoppable while you saw Cerro scratching around for victories. And we kind of always thought Nacional might slip up and and, and it was the case in the end. So yeah, fully... Fully deserved for Olympia, and I, I think um, they've built they've built this really good culture. I think that that Maria was saying, in terms of everybody's pushing together, and and it's going to look good. They they go into the beginning of 2022, uh, 2023, sorry, in a much better situation than they went into the beginning of this year when things really people weren't sure what was going to happen to the club. Yeah, it's definitely a testament to how the side has really turned around in the last year or so. So we'll definitely have to wait and see because obviously, like uh, we had mentioned, we do have some teams that will be going and participating in the uh, Copa Libertadores and the Sudamericana. Olympia Libertad, having won both the the Clausura and Apertura titles, will go into straight into the group stages. Cerro Porteño, surprisingly, got 98 points in the entire year. One of the highest points I think they've had in in quite some time. And they go and not win a single title, which is incredible to see the fact that Cerro Porteño outscored every outscore, sorry, outpointed everyone in all of the 12 teams in Cerro Port in, uh, in the Paraguayan League. But they will have to go to the second stage of the Copa Libertadores. And Nacional, obviously, going into fourth place, will be in the first stages. Looking at the Suamericana, Guanani. You know, after what really has been kind of a, a turnaround for this side, you know, there were some fears as if, though, maybe they probably won't qualify to any tournament. They ended up finishing fifth, going into the first stage of the Sudamericana. General Caballero, Juan Leo Mallorquin actually will be going as well. 
the second time round. And Takwaru, the team that had qualified, sorry, that had um, got promoted this year are finishing in sixth place with 53 points, heading off to the Copa Sudamericana. Sportivo Armeniano, having won the Copa Paraguay, will also be going to the title as to the Copa Sudamericana as well. But looking at the the, the relegation race, we had a side that was already getting um, relegated in Dos Eltura, Vitawa. They'll be playing in the Intermedia, but it was a battle between Sportivo Almeriano and Sol America to see who would go in. Both sides uh, really going in with the points. Sportivo Almeriano getting a 4-2 win against Guarani and General Caballero tying Sol America, which means, Fede, and I'll go to you on this one, Sol America for the first time in what's well, been quite some time, it's been like 16 years or something like that, will be playing in Intermedia next year round, a side that has always been here in the first divisions of Paraguay for, for over a decade and a half. They'll be playing in the second division. And I got to say, all credit to Sportivo Mediano doing that and, and making it in really their first year of, of playing in the in the Clausura, obviously Taquaru as well doing it and qualifying for the Sudamericana. But for Sol de America, after so many years and going down, what went wrong for the side in Via Elisa? Ameliano really pulled a miracle here, uh, Roberto. I mean, if we talked to just a couple of weeks ago, this looked really impossible for this team. And especially because Sol de America was just pretty much one win away from saving their themselves this year again. And they couldn't pull it off. So you had one team that was getting hot. That was Ameliano, and especially after the final of Copa Paraguay, winning it in penalties, and that, that team was really feeling good. And they took that momentum to the Clausura, and they kept their winning streak. And you just saw Sol America losing their coach, Guinnessu, uh, bringing a, a coach for this last game. That was really weird, putting a, one, a coach just for one game and for the most important game of the year. And, and they couldn't pull it off. They, could, they couldn't win their game again. And Ameliano pulled this epic win, really, against uh, Guarani. Guarani had two players sent off. Uh, Ameliano had one sent off uh, at the end. And just if, if anybody wants to look at those goals, that, that recap of that match is just spectacular. One of the best uh, thrilling matches, I believe, in this last week of games. And, and Ameliano, I mean, this team... They will play Sudamericana now next year after what they did in Copa Paraguay, also saving themselves from relegation. More people are going to get to know this team next year, this small club that made it possible. Uh, no one must be celebrating more than Ameliano players this uh, today. Hey, I, I think just Olympia fans are the ones that have the right to maybe make a little bit more noise than Ameliano fans as of right now, just because of the way it ended for them too. Uh, last year, they were the team that sent Sportivo Luqueño to the Intermedia, I believe. Yeah, Ralph remembers that pretty well. And then we had the situation with this team uh, going up against Dos Octubre pretty much all year round, and Dos Octubre got relegated. They had the opportunity to take it to this last game, and they made it happen, Roberto, with a couple of young players that really stood out. Uh, I want to mention there Freddy Vera, ex-capitán, ex-Cerro Porteño. I think he has to go back to Cerro Porteño now for next season uh, because he was out there on the loan. So that could be an interesting player for, for Cerro Porteño. He, every time he came in, he would, he would be a difference in the game. Uh, Jorge Sanguina also, uh, he scored one of the goals in this last game. Alex Arce, young players that also made it happen for this Ameliano that had a tremendous year, uh, just as South America had a tragic season, just as you mentioned there, Guarani, I mean, uh, Ameliano put a star on their shirt 
and they're never going to forget this 2022 season. I mean, this season was just epic for them. And the way it ended, I mean, it, it just looked like a movie to me, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, they, they were 2-0 down against Guarani, so it, it looked for all the world they were going to be relegated, and, and they managed to pull it off. And and this has just been the story of Emiliano these these last few games, because the real key game for them was when they beat Sol de America. So Sol de America were also winning 1-0, and they turned it around, and they won 2-1 with two... Uh, late goals. So, they didn't lose to South America in the whole year, Ralph. The four, the, the four times they played against against them, South America couldn't beat them. That, that was also it. very, very important. That's it. And even more, the coach that has come in from Emiliano Pumpido, he was fired by Sol for not doing a good job there. So there's some, uh, there's some, I guess some, some kind of uh, sweet revenge, let's say, for Pumpido that's going to stay in Primera with. Emiliano while Sol go down. I mean, for Sol de America, this is a huge club similar to Luqueño that went down last year because they've played over 100 seasons in Primera in their history. They're usually in the first division. Um, and like Roberto said, the last time they were relegated was 2006. But prior to that, I think you've got to go back to the 80s or the 70s or something. So, I mean, it's a, it's a really big team to go down. I think... I hope that they still run well enough that they will be able to compete and come straight back up. Traditionally, they've been relegated about six times. Um, only once did they need two seasons to come back. All the other times they came straight back up. Uh, it's a different story for Dose de Octubre, by the way. Dose de Octubre is in huge problems. I mean, financial issues. The, that whole squad was an aging squad anyway, so you don't know who will be playing for them next year. They're going to have to bring in, I guess, a bunch of kids free agents but you could see we've seen with Capiatan we've seen with River with River Plate teams that go right down to third division and that could be happening I think with with Dosse so a much different picture for them than than Sol de America I think have a better foundation to to hopefully for them come back up next year and yeah finally Fede mentioned Luqueño so at least by Emiliano staying in Primera Luqueño got that revenge uh, game against them in, in Primera, which I'm sure will be a fun fixture. It will be a, definitely a fun 2023. Just a reminder to everyone that obviously, um, you know, keep in mind of what's been going on next year in the in the Torneo Abertura for 2023. Obviously, you know, we're going to have some sides that have qualified from, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Intermedia, Sportivo Trinidense and Sportivo Luqueño will be in to replace Doce de Octubre and Sol America next year so we'll definitely wait and see what happens there as we switch gears finally to obviously taking away from the club to straight to the national team like Rafa said a lot of these players are going straight into national team camp obviously we have some uh, national team players who are playing uh, on Olympia actually three of them if we if you look right here that is Gonzalez, Richard Diz and Mateo Gamara three of them for Libertad, Ivan Pidis, Lorenzo Melgarejo, and Diego Gomez, and one on Nacional in Santiago uh, Rojas. So looking at the team real quick, looking at the national team, just going to run the order here real quick. Um, obviously, Anthony Silva and Juan Espinola being the goalkeepers for the ones that weren't mentioned between Libertad and Olimpia. Gustavo Gomez as the captain, Bruno Valdez, Fabian Balbuena, Blas Riveros, and Ivan Ramirez makes up the defense. In the midfield, Miguel Amiron is back on the squad. Richard Sanchez, Matias Villasanti, Andres Cubas, Matias Rojas, Jesus Medina, Brian Ojeda, and Matias Galarza make up the midfield. 
and the forward line of Julio Enciso, Sebastián Ferreira, and a first-time appearance for Ramón Sosa. Ramón Sosa, obviously, who came from Olimpia, moved to Gimnasia uh, over there in Argentina, has done really well, well-deserved call-up for uh, the kid from the um, in, in the, the outskirts of Paraguay, right in the, in the countryside. So, María, I want to go to you on this one because I think, you know, it's it's definitely a different feeling. Obviously, you know, a lot of countries that we know where we'll be participating in this World Cup. And, you know, you don't typically see games happening during this time period. You know, you have some games here and there, but obviously it's a different World Cup. It's a different landscape being played in the in the fall, winter here in the in the United States or the spring, summer over there in, in Paraguay. But I just want what you want to expect from this Paraguay side, obviously taking on two countries who also didn't qualify for the World Cup, but obviously two countries who are very much they're familiar with playing in Copa Americas and World Cup qualifiers in Peru and Colombia. So, you know, I think for all intents and purposes, I think this is a Paraguay side that, you know, obviously wants to go out and, and get a good result and, and to build from what they've already have been able to achieve this year. But I think more than anything, it's it's still trying to find out what works for, for Guillermo Barros Queloto and what they can do moving forward. Yeah, it's definitely, um, and I think I mentioned this before, it's one of those games that that they get to try it out, uh, you know, the different players. And like you said, we have a new one coming in right now. Um, it's, it's just a feel-out kind of game. Um, and I think um, the fact that they're playing right before the World Cup, it's kind of like giving us a little bit of a taste, uh, even though they're not going to the World Cup. So, um, you know, they're, I guess, trying to make up for the fact that, that we're not going to work up. I don't know. <laughs> That's just uh, something that I think they might be doing. But, um, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, hopefully one of those games where, um, you know, th- that they learn a lot about their themselves and their, their the team. Um, I hope Scalotto can find, um, you know, the players, his key players, finally. Um and uh, it, it's it's like um, a practice game, you know, and that's what friendlies are for. Um, hopefully we win these games and, and, and see what and get ready for the, the Copa America uh, in the next few years. Um, and, you know, just give the fans also a little bit of um, a, a, a little bit of um, like a hopeful feeling, you know, for, for our team, um, you know, we've been doing pretty good the last few games um, and that hopefully that continues. And you also want to keep the team warm, you know, you don't want to give them too much time in between, even though they're not going to the world cup, you don't want to have them not play, uh, you know, because obviously in the next few years, there's going to be a lot of uh, competitions, but um, you know our big competitions aren't coming up for for like another two years, um, and you know players come and go. So you want the whole team to maintain connections and uh, not um, stay cold. So yeah, I hope that um, you know we get these two wins. That there are two big uh, teams. Uh, Colombia, um, you know, like I said, has been going through a little bit of a rough time uh with their with their uh players and and their coaching as well peru is doing really good so we'll see how that's going uh that's going to end um but yeah i I hope that we get um wins for the next especially the one in in miami against colombia (laughs) 
Well, I, I want to see a couple of things in this in these two games in particular. Well, first of all, uh, Stelotto is not changing that much around the list, right? Just one new name. He's keeping pretty, pretty much the same base of players. Uh, we are going to, uh, against direct rivals for the next World Cup, even though they're just starting their process, just Peru and Colombia are starting all over again. Maybe we have an advantage in that sense. Uh, Stelotto has been here for a while now. He knows what he has. And I think he's still trying to fi uh, fix or, or mix that midfield the right way. Uh, that's where I have my doubts as of right now. Just a bit sketchy about, you know, the mix of players there. He clearly has his favorites. Uh, I'm always saying Andres Cubas, Richard Ortiz in these last games, I believe they look really well. So if they're ready for it, uh, I think they'll probably be the starters or right now they have an advantage in that midfield. And then there's a couple of spots still open, I believe. And that's where I see a couple of names. Uh, you know, our coach, I, I think, also liked Matias Villasanti, who played on the last friendly. Uh, but then you have uh, the new names, uh, Matias Galarza, who's made a good impression. Brian Ojeda, we, we never know what we were going to get out of Brian Ojeda, but he keeps on growing. He, he just played his first season in the MLS. And Diego Gomez, the new name from Libertad, he, you know, that's a young name that could also uh, make it happen. And then you have Jesus Medina, who had a, a, an opportunity in these friendlies that Paraguay play lately. And I believe the, the, the goal, uh, you know, as Maria was talking, I was listening to her, uh, I believe Stelotto's goal was just to play as much as he could with this team. Just try to get these guys playing together, try to build the formulas and try to build momentum and start winning games. Thankfully, we started winning in these last games. You know, that feeling in the locker room must be totally different. The atmosphere, when you're winning, it, it changes totally everything. And I hopefully, and I hope we can take that to these two games, Roberto. I hope we can beat Peru. I hope we can beat Colombia. If it doesn't matter if we're playing in front of all Peru fans or all Colombian fans, we, we got we to gotta get it straight. We got to know what we're playing and hopefully our stars make it happen also. I'm hoping to see big games from Almiron, from Julio C, so that they got to take that level, that Premier League level to the national team right away because in March or July at the most, we're looking for the next World Cup. Uh, forget about Qatar in a couple of weeks. We, we're going to talk about the next World Cup because Paraguay might be on their way. We, we got to start building that uh that dream we got to make it happen this time rob i'm i'm, I'm getting kind of tired of watching the world cup on tv <laughs> yeah we um i think what you guys are saying is right the main thing from from here is getting the players together and having them play as much as they can so so we can find that base that we're going to use as we get to the world cup qualifiers and that's why uh, skeloto isn't changing it much right because I think he's he's really he doesn't want to go through a huge experiment now. He wants to kind of fine tune his process. And and midfield for me is the most exciting place because of the names that, that you mentioned there, Fede. I mean, I really like Diego Gomez. He's he's a good player. He's he's done a lot at under 20s in Paraguay, with Paraguay national team, but also live at that. He's he's there pretty regularly. And then Galarza, when he's played, has, has been very good. The, the kind of difficulty with Galarza is that he's not playing much with his club. So then you you always have those issues of those players that if they're not playing much regularly, is it is it worth them coming in to the national team? Do you need players that are have a bit more rhythm? And then, yeah, like we said, I mean, we get to see Almiron and, and Encisa together playing as, as the best they have, I think. So that will, that will be a really exciting thing and what i kind of hope is we get to maybe play the similar teams why not right i don't think we need to try and play one team in lima and one team in 
in Fort Lauderdale. We just need to play the same kind of teams and, and keep building that um, keep building that that process and that that base up there. And yeah, really happy also for for Ramon Sosa, who actually comes from River Plate, right? He was at River Plate, then he went to Olympia, um, and then and then now he's in Gimnasia and in Argentina, but that River Plate team was the one that was really good in the Sudamericana. Now they're down in, in third division. So you can see how much that's that's changed, right? Since uh, since he's he's left and, and that group of players there. But really good for, for Ramon Sosa. He's a he's a fun player to watch. He's exciting. It'll definitely be very exciting to see what comes from this Paraguay side in these friendlies as we close out another great episode of Guarani Vision. It's been a wonderful year, as we saw in all of soccer and all of football. And I'm so happy to, to do it always every week with you guys as we close it out on another great episode with myself, Roberto Rojas, Fede Perez, Maria Britos, and Ralph Hanna. Thank you so much for listening in. See you soon.